You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lost Chill Podcast, where the pronunciations are made up and the stars don't matter. I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy. We are your marvelous hosts, and welcome to episode 18. Woo-woo! Is that number right? Sure. I mean, that wasn't the noise I was expecting. It's because I was questioning the numbers. It is right! Episode 18. This week, we're discussing Verity by Colleen Hoover. Usually this is where we talk about other things that we've been reading, but we have had some requests to talk about ourselves a little bit more so you guys can get to know us. So I will say this. We don't like to share the names of our kids or husbands for their privacy. They're not the ones doing this podcast, so we leave them out of it. Um, But we will tell you a quick blip about ourselves and then for sure we'll play rapid fire questions. (laughs) According to Phoebe Buffay, this game could get dangerous, but that's all right. Before we get to that, let me introduce myself. My name is Kimmy. Nice to meet you, Kimmy. Thank you. I legit straight up have the world's hottest and funniest husband. We have been married for three years and eloped on an island in the Caribbean. A fun fact about us is that he and I are both fire signs. I'm an Aries and he's a Leo and we have the full set of water babies it's like collector's edition up in her our 12 year old son is a scorpio our two-year-old daughter is a pisces and our 10 month old daughter is a cancer we also have a fur baby named Texito. besides that uh i am a huge huge birth nerd and i hope to start training to become a doula later this year i like to dabble in photography Uh, However, that's sadly been put on the back burner between working full-time, raising all the babies, running a podcast, reading as much as I do, and so on and so forth. My job is a government administrative position, which is about every bit as boring as it sounds. Yet, somehow I love it, and I'm incredibly thankful for it, because mindless data entry is actually really great when you're trying to listen to a lot of audiobooks. (laughs) Um, if I won the lottery, my hubs and I would buy a catamaran. We are also certified scuba divers and really just plan on getting to an ocean ASAP regardless. Well, that's cool. I learned some things. I'm Katie. I'm also married to a bird watcher. Wow. Yeah. He's also hilarious and incredibly handsome. I have a 14-year-old and a 6-year-old. Well, he'll be 6 in a couple of weeks. And that makes me sad. So I love traveling as much as possible. And last year was really hard for me in that sense. My favorite place I've traveled by far is Italy. I work for a fire department where I am a 911 dispatcher, meaning I take medical and fire calls on 911 lines as well as working the radios and telling the firefighters where to go. So I work a schedule just like they do. I work 24-hour shifts three days a week. I mentioned on the podcast, I mentioned a lot of episodes that I'm exhausted and tired and I usually have the sleepy sillies and that's when you know that I've gotten off shift 
the day before and I'm really tired usually. So my favorite thing about my job is helping people and that every day is different. And also since we work 24 hours a day together, my coworkers are my work family and I love them all so much. So a few of them listen to our show and thank you guys so much for supporting us. So when I'm not working or reading, I like being outdoors, hiking, running half marathons, working out and traveling as much as I can. I also like to travel and run half marathons, so I combine two of my favorite hobbies. Um, I've run a few at Disney World so far, and then in February, I'll be doing the rock and roll half in Vegas. If I won the lottery, I would sell everything and travel the world for a while. And short of winning the big bucks, I want to see as much of the world as possible, raise good humans, and see as many concerts as I can. Also very cool. Thank you for sharing. Cool. Cool. If you didn't know the story of how Katie and I met, here is the short and sweet version. We worked together for years at a 911 center that is different from the one where Katie works now. Our shifts never overlapped. We didn't work 24-hour shifts like she does now, but then we were just all over the place until there was a staffing shortage. (laughs) The beginning and the end all wrapped in one, but we won't go all the way there. Just know it was awful, but the silver lining was it meant that Katie and I went from having zero overlap to working 12-hour shifts, which gave us a four-hour overlap every day. Every single day, and it was glorious. It was glorious. We laughed. We didn't understand each other, and then we still laughed. (laughs) I will never forget those mornings. We're basically like when you see separate species who can't communicate become best friends, (laughs) like puppies and cheetahs. (laughs) That's us. And that was how we became friends. I'm the puppy. I'm the cheetah. Yeah, definitely. So after that, working together, I wooed her with some Colorado Rockies wine because she likes baseball too. Mm -hmm. And then we watched Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. That was the first time we hung out outside of work. It was. And the rest is history. Um, Lindsay and I were already besties before Kimmy came around. And once Kimmy and I became chummy, I started bringing her around with Lindsay The three of us went to Vegas together to see a Backstreet Boys concert where we sat on the floor for six hours waiting in line. We ate lobster. Oh, that was good lobster. (laughs) On the floor in the middle of whatever hotel we were in. I think Cosmo or something like that. Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood, yeah. In the middle of their mall. um, We saw puppy mops. We (laughs) called security. We made lots of eye contact. Oh, I forgot about security. Security! Um, so, spoiler alert, if you thought people only called security <laughs> in like TV shows, some people nope. do that in real life too, apparently. It's really Nobody's weird. been to Vegas with Kimmy then. Um, but yeah, so we had a lot of fun doing that and that solidified our friendship and we have built this codependent bond and we've been inseparable ever since. So if you do want to know more about us, um, check out our very, 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 very first episode, which you've already kind of touched on, titled Meet Katie and Kimmy. You can find out more about us. Um, before I forget, one of the one of the questions that was asked of us is what state we live in. Oh, we live in Colorado. Suburbs of Denver. It's and very landlocked. We're both natives. That's a fun we are. fact. We are natives. That is becoming super rare here because... Our state's so great, everyone wants to come here. Mm-hmm. And Actually, I just want all three ocean. of us are natives. Yeah. Okay, so. so now you know a little bit about us. 
Katie got me really excited when she was like, I'm going to play rapid fire. And then she tried to change it on me. So I came up with real rapid fire questions. A la Phoebe Buffet, which is really this or that. So clear your mind. Is it clear? I don't know why I'm Say the first thing that comes to your mind without thinking about it. Okay, I'm not even going to look at you. Marvel or DC? DC. Wine or beer? Mm, Beer. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Spring or fall? Mm, Spring. Chandler or Joey? Chandler. BSB or Instinct? (laughs) Girl. (laughs) I got her on that one. Only took half of them. Uh, you said instinct first of all, and yeah. that's just rude. That's correct. You so <laughs> I will always be in sync forever, and I'm so sorry. Okay, tacos, hard or soft? Definitely soft. Sushi or wings? Oh God, you're mean. <laughs> wings. Paperback or hardcover? Hardcover. Squeals or feels? <laughs> Think about what you're talking about. Squeals. <laughs> Never read again or only read romance? Never read again. All right, final one. Ready? Okay. Stephen King or Chris and Hannah? Stephen King. Wow. Okay. That was fun. That was illuminating. Okay. You ready for yours? I'm ready for my rapid fire. Let me okay. clear my brain. Clear your brain. Bloop, bloop. Okay, it's cleared. Okay. Beach or boat? Beach. Wine or champs? Champs. Salty or sweet? Salty. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Spring or fall? Spring. Chandler or Joey? Chandler. Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Backstreet Boys, duh. That's not even a question. Tacos. Hard or soft? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know if this one's like going to count for you, but I know that you like both. But sushi or wings? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 not together. I mean, if we're oh, okay. crazy, okay. whatever. Paperback or hardcover? Hardcover. Seam or swoon? Swoon. Never read again or only read romance? Only read romance. Really? Yeah. You'd like you it? I would do it. Kristen Hanna or Anne Brashers? Brush? Anne Brashers. Yeah. I gotta have my sister the traveling pants. Okay. Forever. That concludes Rapid Fire. Man, that was so fun. That was stressful. <laughs> if there's anything else you want to know, if you would like to see more rapid fire, send us some questions. We'll incorporate them in an episode. It'll be fun. Uh, our social medias are going to be the main one for this podcast is at The Lost Chill. We really hope you follow us there. That's where you can find out first everything that we will be featuring, what's coming up. Good things are there. I think we have some big things coming down the pipe. Yeah, like next week, we're going to be having a Zoom meeting with the author of Finley Donovan is Killing It. Thank you for picking up what I was laying down. (laughs) So the first place that people heard about that was on the Lost Chill Instagram. Correct. So if you want to get in on these things first, hop over there, follow us. Of course, follow us as individuals at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. We're lots of fun there. On our main one, again, for the podcast, we will be focusing on Verity this week, and we sincerely hope you join the conversation with us there. Real quick, before we forget, we do want to mention some trigger warnings of graphic sexual scenes, child death, and mental health problems. And of course, there will probably be spoilers, but they won't spoil the show. So, cue those party noises! You gotta dance tonight, too. Yes, I wish you guys could see us. We're just partying with no music. (laughs) Alright, so... Colleen Hoover, or Coho, as 
people in the book community refer to her typically. She has 22 books um, and novellas together. They range from romance, new adult, paranormal romance, psychological thriller. On Goodreads, she said, I don't like to be confined to one genre. If you put me in a box, I'll claw my way out. Hmm, you know who else says that? Who? Taylor Swift. Mm, I walked right <laughs> into that. <laughs> she... Walked right into that. <laughs> so I appreciate I appreciate my girls who do not let themselves be put into boxes. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So Coho worked in social work and teaching before starting her writing career in 2012. Verity is not her newest book, though. Verity came out in 2018. Her newest book came out in 2020, which is called Layla. Coho created the Bookworm Box which is a book subscription box that gives readers the opportunity to get signed copies of books with the proceeds being donated to charities. The bookworm box has already donated over $1 million to different charities. There's also a freestanding bookstore with the same concept in Texas. So we've talked about recently that uh, I read the acknowledgments and no one else does. You do. Well, you want to know what? What? I finally got acknowledged by Coho. Literally. <laughs> um, so she has lots of acknowledgments that are all pretty good in the for Verity. One of them is to every one of you reading these, which is I, every the ol- only me, the only one reading these. <laughs> Whose name is not in there. Right. It's, it's fine. She didn't know it yet, but I posted that and she liked it. She did. That I posted that. So that she was did. cool. Some of them, like... It's just so funny because you just want to know more or it's super cute. One of them, 34, Dina Silver, your cat is dumb. All right. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It's so funny. I listened to the audiobook, which does not include the acknowledgement. So I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah. So she also shouted out some other authors. I'm sure there's more than I even realize, honestly. Um, but one of them that might surprise you. The author of Fifty Shades of Grey, which is hilarious because of the steamy scenes in this book. (laughs) I appreciated that. Um, Another one that I actually found interesting to learn about this book was Caroline Kepneys, I think. I'm sorry if I'm ruining that. But she actually wrote the books that the Netflix series You is based on. Oh, okay. And so the interesting thing about that is... She said that when she wrote half of a book in second person, her publisher told her one of their other authors was releasing a book like that soon, and she should rethink it. And so she said she got really mad about that, but then they became friends after. (laughs) See, all you can learn in the acknowledgments, they're just such a fun place to hang out. And that's why I have you. (laughs) So now let's talk about Verity, the book that we're all here for. Yeah. Lo and Ashley is having a bad go at it. Mom died. She's kind of a recluse. She lives in New York City, says it's a place to hide. Um, She's a writer. She hasn't had any time to write because she's been taking care of her mom. And then she gets the deal of a lifetime. She finds out that Verity Crawford, a famous author in this world, has a successful series and is unable to finish it after being in a terrible accident. Though the details at the time are vague on that. So... Verity's publishing house and husband, as an agent on her behalf, reach out to Lowen to finish it and says that she liked her writing. So Jeremy tells her they have a lot of tragedy in their life, calls them 
chronics, which is a term he borrowed from Verity, allegedly, due to lots that happened. Both of their twin daughters died at separate times, and we quickly learn as soon as Lowen shows up at the Crawford home that Verity is in an unresponsive state. And the whole reason that Lowen is there is just to go through Verity's office and just try to find information that she can finish the series, her research, her outlines, any loose manuscripts she has, anything that will just help her finish this very popular best-selling series. While she's there, she doesn't find a lot to do with the series. She mostly reads the other books, honestly. Yeah. But she stumbles across an autobiographical manuscript. Yep. So this manuscript is messed up. It describes everything in detail how she met Jeremy, the very graphic details of their sex life. The manuscript also details how she tried to abort their twin daughters using a coat hanger and how she had no connection to them once they were born. This is like a train wreck for Lowen, and she can't stop reading, even when it gets harder to read as Verity describes how she killed one of the twin girls. And it also turns into like a suicide note at the end of leading up to that why like why she's in a vegetative state or so we assume because the whole reason that she can't connect with her daughters in the memoirs is that she feels like her husband likes her kids more than her and so she had disgustingly and twistedly been hopeful that the death of the children would bring him back to her and when she saw it didn't she's like well i guess i'll just go drive my car into a tree so lowen was reading all this and was mortified, but she kept it a secret from Verity's husband, Jeremy, and she caught the feels. Caught him. And so did he. So his wife is in a coma upstairs, and they are downstairs in their marital bed, making twin teeth marks. I was very uncomfortable with that. That sounded painful. It did. I'm so glad that you were uncomfortable with that, too, because I was like, I paid too too much money for my teeth. Yeah. I'm not ruining those. Like, I get biting things, but soft things? Like, that's wood, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm not going to bite that. Okay, maybe. A plush one? Yeah. But that wouldn't leave teeth marks like it was described. It was described as wooden ones. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. Anyway. So, eventually, all these things happen. It gets really crazy. Um... Lowen keeps thinking that she sees all this evidence that Verity is faking it and eventually finds proof and it just is such a buildup. And eventually Lowen does show Jeremy the manuscript. Also during this time, Lowen became pregnant with his child. Because they were having relations. If you couldn't infer that by our previous blatantly (laughs) stating that. Oh, man, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. There is. But then they go back there to finish cleaning out the house where they had all been staying and living. And Lowen came across another writing, mysterious writing by Verity, hidden in the floorboards, explaining that the manuscript was a writing exercise, that Jeremy knew about the manuscript, and that he caused the car accident that put her in a vegetative state and, like, framed it to look like a suicide. Lowen is torn and does not know what to think about this. Doesn't know who's telling the truth, but, I mean, Verity's dead and she's about to have Jeremy's child, so she eats the letter. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, that was weird. It was. That was a weird part. I'm like, why wouldn't you just flush it down the toilet? Well, she flushed most of it. She specifically, and I 
I remember thinking this, that she was like turning into Verity almost. She ate his name. Like there was a chance someone might be able to salvage this wrecked, waterlogged toilet paper, but not his name. So she would like rip up his name and eat those bits. And then she flushed the rest. Well, eventually it's going to get flushed anyway. Poop. What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was freaking shook from this book. But before we get into this more, you know, we need to take a quick break because we have some bubbly chilling. I also got some snacks. Snacks? Yeah. Have you ever had a Wookiee steak? A Wookiee steak? What's that? It's a little chewy. (laughs) (gasps) We'll be here all night, folks. Without a doubt, you are currently enjoying the pure hilarity and delight while listening to the Lost Chill podcast. But I know, in about an hour or so, that old familiar sinking feeling will creep in. What do you even do each week after you finish listening to the latest episode of The Lost Chill? You miss the crazy shenanigans, the silly hootenanny, the general hullabaloo? If only there was another podcast you could listen to that had all those things. Well, have I got some good news for you? There is, and it's called the Death Metal Disco Podcast. Hosted by our friend James, who talks about whatever the heck he pleases. We can promise that you will be absolutely tickled as he rambles on about anything and everything. Again, it's the Death Metal Disco Podcast. That's death as in the opposite of life, metal as in a genre of music that Taylor Swift has not gotten into yet, and disco, the place where some have been known to panic at. Be sure to check it out, and be sure to let James know that Katie and Kimmy sent you. Enjoy! All right, so how we got here to begin with. Forever ago, I saw someone, I don't really remember who, who did vaguely compare the push to Verity. And I suggested to you that we should do both on our podcast. You were a bit confused what these had in common. I don't know what preconceived notions you had at that time about each of these, or maybe about the authors. Um, But then I told you further about this one. That it was described as a romance thriller. What were you expecting? You're gonna laugh. Okay. Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) I try to go into books pretty blind. I do too. And I've like started like I'll read enough to know if I want to read it. But like once I do, I'm like, nope, no more. I figure the purpose of this podcast is to expand our reading palettes. Is it? I don't know. What is the purpose? Do do we have a uh, purpose and mission statement statement written in our decree in our business plan? No. Well, then I don't know what the purpose of this is. I don't know. Anyways. Well, going... Okay. Going into this, I was like, yeah, I'm going to expand my palette because I was so tunnel vision on thrillers Mm -hmm. or... Throw in a historical fiction here and there, but nothing like what I read now. I'm going to read it regardless, like if it's for the show. That's good. I'll try not to take too much advantage. (laughs) No Marley and me. Okay. So you expected Twilight from this book. Correct. When you listed it on our beautiful little spreadsheet as a romance thriller, 
I was like, first of all, I was like, what is a romance thriller? <laughs> and in the middle of King Supers, I freaking found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It uh, definitely lives up to both of those Ooh. things. Yes, very it does. strongly. It is very it's much not romance. Even, it's not it's not a romance with a touch of thriller, and no. it's not a thriller with a touch of romance. It is like full on. I would not even call this really romance. I would call it smut at that point. Ooh. Yeah. It was that. Wow. I was steamy. Smutty. Was it too much for you? No, it was just too much in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> I was like, because, okay, so you know, like, we talk a lot with other people on Instagram and stuff about, like, romance books and steamy books about how, like, you look around and, like, people don't know that you're reading it and it's, like, kind of weird sometimes, you know? It's even worse in audiobook. I can imagine. Yeah. You know, that's why I struggled with Get a Life, Chloe Brown, was even though I wasn't in the world when i was reading that was in my car when you like hear it it's like uh yeah (laughs) yeah and i think that this was tamer compared to that book from what you told me um (laughs) which is frightening (laughs) but let's just say this is the first book of this nature that we have covered on this show i was like a 12 year old just like giggling uh, because i was like how are we gonna talk about this Without being 12, you know? I don't know. That's just me. I have no problem talking about this kind of stuff with you and Lindsay and people who are close to you to me. But when you put yourself out there for literally the world to listen, because we have people from all over the world who listen to us, it's a little bit unnerving when it comes to this kind of stuff. You don't look phased at all, though. No, I'm not. Have you met me? <laughs> I know. You're completely different from me. It's so weird. I know. We're not the same person, no, guys. Not at all. All right. Well, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I have read some Coho and I it's been a long time. <laughs> 7 years. Um and I just remember like the emotional love stories and that's what I remember and I remember being really enthralled with the stories and the characters. Mm-hmm. And so seeing this from her and especially it being compared to the push and remembering that going forward. I was like, how are these going to be the same? And do I want to do that again? And yeah, so that was interesting. I completely forgot that conversation that we had, honestly, because the push was a couple weeks ago. It's sort of pushed from my mind. See what I did there? Verity, good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) After reading both, we can definitely see why the push might be compared to Verity. How do you think perspectives changed the way each book came across? I feel like it was helpful in Verity to have the narrator see and feel what you were seeing. Because in the push, they're both very similar, both at least the memoirs that we were reading from Verity was very similar to how she felt in the push. Yeah. But that's all we got in the push. Right. Was her perspective. And while I think she had a little more different kind of mental illness... It was definitely obviously less focused on her husband. Um, and there was a lack of connection really with anyone for her that strongly, except for Sam. Uh-huh. I think in this, it was really, it kind of felt nice and you felt validated 
to be like, okay, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like she's uncomfortable too. We're going through this together as Lowen's reading this. So I think for those ways that they compared, it was really helpful to kind of have that breath of air away from it and have someone see it the way you were seeing it. So not reading it in the first person. Yeah, the entire time. Well, it wasn't time. even the first person with the push. It was, well, yeah, it was because it was. It was her telling her, her story telling, to someone yeah. else. I think both conveyed what they wanted to. And I think the push really wanted to have you imagine things kind of almost as yourself and see things as a mom and, you know, wonder what she was going through. Where I think this one had, um, it really captured the essence of a thriller. And, you know, reading such disturbing things while not knowing how that was affecting her paranoia or not. So I think it added a level too, because without truly knowing if the paranoia is real or if she's just creeped out by these memoirs and like, is she just jumping at every bump in the I night? I loved that aspect of it. The creepy, comatose, allegedly comatose woman mm-hmm. who's at the top of the stairs, fist bald, watching her make love to her husband. Yeah. Ooh. And... She does nothing about it. She just stands there and creeps Lowen out. Yeah, which is crazy. But like what she's supposed to do because she needs to keep it up. I know. But then that's the thing. Like, is there a chance she could be faking it? Like, no, I saw the brain scans. Like, how can you stay that still? I know. And then she was like even trying to test it out by throwing something in front of her to try and make the loud noise. Yes, and make her flinch. Yeah, and she still had like no reflexes. She probably did hypno babies. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. And I know that's something you missed in the push, even though you really liked that, is that you were told on some avenues that it was a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, I think psychological drama. And I think this essence really got the thriller. Yes. And this was... is a thriller. That was a drama. There was no thrills in that book. This like yeah. got your heart pounding it was good stuff yeah that was just that was well done <laughs> that was that was creepy af yeah i agree I but agree. so somebody who doesn't like to be spooked did that spook you a little bit that was just enough okay without being too much okay i think if if you if i don't ever get that reprieve i think that's what was helpful with the perspectives in this book is that like, yeah, we were a little spooked out and then we were in her brain and then we were in romance and we were kind of going through a lot of different emotions and feelings and like, okay, she's paranoid, but she talked it out and kind of soothed herself. So I'm soothed. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it is like every single thing, like I'm in the house, I'm like scared of every single bump in the night. I think that's when it's too much. and I feel like I can't relax even when I put the book down. Yeah. I think that's when it's too much. There's not a lot of books like that, though. Oh. There really isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like this is pretty run-of-the-mill unless it's, like, true, legit horror as far as, like, gore and... Which I don't enjoy. I hate gore. There was even some scenes in Mexican Gothic that were a little bit too much for me. But I think that you can handle more than than you think. Maybe. But not in movies. Maybe books I could be convinced. Yes. Yes. I, I, those are two separate, separate 
things. One of the movies that I think scarred me for life. Welcome to the movie podcast. I recently (laughs) found out was a book first and I was like, what? What? Shutter Island. Uh Uh-huh. No. That movie terrified me for a long time. Is that like a Japanese? It's with Leonardo DiCaprio. Not Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't remember her being in it. I could be thinking wrong. Let me look because that name sounds familiar. Um... But no, because I don't even think Sarah Michelle Gellar is in any other scary movies besides like Scream. Is she? Is Sarah she Michelle Gellar is not in Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking of Scooby-Doo? <laughs> oh, The Grudge. Oh, that is... I have actually not seen that movie because my husband tells me that that is one of the scariest movies he has ever seen in his entire life. Okay. And if he is scared by it, I will not watch it. So someone convinced me to watch The Grudge. I feel like I have seen... I don't know why Shutter Island is in my brain. I don't know. But it was for But sure Shutter Island was also a book, I believe. It was. That's, I don't think... I don't know what The Grudge was. The I Shutter Island the is what I was thinking oh, of. Okay. Okay, that makes me feel a little better, but I see stuff like The Grudge, and because I'm like, reluctant, 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 people convince me, and it's that one, and I'm like, nope, no scary ever again. You're thinking of I Know What You Did Last Summer, not oh. Scream. I just never even saw that, because yeah. that okay. was one of the ones where okay. I was reluctant, 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 and then I was finally convinced with The Grudge. I missed out on them all. Okay. Um, I have never seen The Grudge. I don't know if I can. If he says it's scary, it is scary. Why let me, did he tell me? Let me tell you guys some background on my husband. Is He is a huge horror film nerd. He has seen just about, and I'm not exaggerating, um, just about every single horror movie ever produced no. since like the 1920s, I, th- I want to say. He's wow. watched everything. That's t- I mean, when you're alive that long, <laughs> exactly. what else do you do? When you're Dracula. <laughs> you want to see what your people are like. Now I wonder if I've ever actually seen Shutter Island. Cause I... Shutter Island, if I remember correctly, I liked it. I don't know for sure now because I know The Grudge is for sure what I was thinking of. And I think I just attached another name to it. I don't know. Anyways. There is The Grudge too if you would like no, a follow up. Okay. I, I don't know if that one's as scary. I didn't realize she was in that. But yeah, he he is a horror whore and... Definitely totes that as one of his scariest movies. Um, do not watch Hereditary. Hered- I'm not going to watch okay. anymore. No, 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 because it just has a name that you may not be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it could be cool. I don't watch Hereditary. Things. I don't watch anything. That will scare the bejesus out of you. I watch Firefly Lane. That's a good show. And then I just put Gilmore Girls on repeat until Friends comes back. Oh, okay. With the sprinkle of Younger? Yes. Okay. And Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah. But that's it. <laughs> it anyways one welcome thing- back to the book podcast <laughs> yes. now that we've you know snuck out a little bit um one thing we've discussed on recent episodes is how katie is pretty unforgiving of characters and she just gets an impression of them and it sticks so did you or were you ever suspicious of jeremy in this book yes and did it change yes okay wow I grew. Wow, I'm so impressed. <laughs> you should be. Okay, so let's unpack this. He was kind of suspo at the beginning. He was. He shows up. They're just walking along on the street. 
dude gets hit by a car. He like rescues her because the dude got hit by the car in front of her. She's covered in blood. He takes her to this Starbucks bathroom or something mm-hmm. equivalent and gives her the shirt off of his back. Right. So that she can go to this important meeting with him. The meeting is with him to talk about the book deal for Verity's And book. he like pretends he might not know. Exactly. And then he's like, oh, that name. Let me look it up. Have I read anything by you? And then... It turns out that he's the one who read her books and wants her to be an author. So I was pretty suspicious. Like some of the things, now I'm even more suspicious now that we're talking about it. But if we're sitting here saying that we're suspicious of him, what are we really suspicious of? I mean, it's also weird because it's the same thing. Like her agent read her book and fell in love with her. So like what book is she writing? That these guys fall in love with her. There, there's some minor plot holes, I think. Yeah. That once you dissect it, like we are now, you start to see those, like the whole agent thing. Kind of weird. And I do think also, I think the things that led us to mistrust Jeremy were intentional because I think it wanted you to be like, I don't know who to trust or what's safe in this house. Because you don't. Exactly. I was actually even um, worried about crew for a second. Oh, yeah. That they were hiding something that he did to the girls. So you were suspicious of literally every single person in that house, including the nurse. Mm -hmm. I was also suspicious of her. She was strange. So, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one who got suspicious of Jeremy. So maybe my suspicions did not change. Maybe I'm the same old Katie. Because now that I sit here... They did start pretty early. They did. And they just never went away. You never felt like, okay, Jeremy's on her side. I did for a little bit. And then that ending... Okay. Wraps me right back around. I can't wait to talk about the ending because I have some thoughts. I do too. And it wraps me right back around to... Well, I I don't know. 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 The only person I can be for sure that is not involved in this in any way whatsoever is the new baby that is inside of her belly. That is the only person I can be 100% certain. That reminded me of something I wanted to bring back to the push comparison. I'm sorry this was late. Yeah. So one thought I had at one point was, in my mind, I could make a crazy, crazy argument dual author kind of thing that Verity was Violet all grown up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just keep the generations going and she's already murdering Magoo, so. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. I I could sing the praises of this book till I'm blue in the face. This This is actually a contender for one of my favorite books of the year. This and I think The Vanishing Half are one and two right now. Or is that just because they're so fresh? No. Okay, we'll see. I'll ask you again in a few months. I have my running tally. Oh, the brackets? The brackets. I forgot to do mine in April, but I'll catch up. I didn't didn't do mine in April because there's no one to put it up against. So I was going to do it at the end of May. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I was going to do basically two months at a time. 
Okay. So that's where I'm at right now. When do you think that Lowen should have shown Jeremy the autobiography? So I don't think Lowen had the same mistrust of Jeremy ever that we did. That is an excellent point. Feeling like that, I think if she trusted him, she should have shown him right away. Do you think that she just wanted to see where it was going? No, a lot of times she swore to herself she wouldn't even read anymore. That's true. And how could that even like sit with her? Let's ask a hypothetical here. What do you think you would have done? I would have talked to him about it. Would you? But I, I mean, I dive in deep. I'm not going to just sleep around while with anyone, let alone this married guy whose wife is upstairs if I don't trust him. No, I think if she, like, what would I do? I would tell him because I would trust him if I was getting feelings for him. Okay. And that's the other thing is like, there's a difference between she didn't just think he was hot. Sometimes I feel like she wanted to change her feelings into that as she was reading their romance novel. She was all caught up with their escapades. Yeah. Which was kind of creepy. She tried not to be. She skipped those chapters. I know, but still, you don't think that was weird? She skipped them. I don't think she was caught up in them. Mm. I don't think she could skip them completely. I think she tried not to read those ones that felt like they were going to be just sex or just about them. Yeah. still think it's weird. It was all very weird, but I think she sh- like if she trusted him and had real feelings for him and wanted to get pregnant from him, maybe you should she talk to also, him. There was, there was a lot of foreshadowing with that, which I didn't really care for. Just because it was so blatantly obvious. That could have been a fun twist, though, because, like, obviously he had a huge reaction after reading it and, like, went and freaked out on her, right? On Verity. Yeah. He read it, freaked out on Verity. Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to go to the cops. And that's when she came out of her coma. Uh huh. But that was after he started to see the weird things, too. Like, he heard Lowen make these accusations that she was out of bed. They get locked in the room together that no one else could really have done. That was creepy. Yeah, so things like that. So he's starting to, like, semi-see it. Yeah. And so it's either your new girlfriend's crazy or she's not. So what if he had shown, or she had shown him before these events, before he had any reason? Like, what would he say? You're crazy? She, he kind of already did it first. He, he really kind of pushed her aside at the very beginning when she started talking about But what if she came it. with the manuscript and told him that? Oh, if she came with the That's manuscript, what I mean. then she has hard, concrete evidence that this is what happened. And it could be, I think that's when his reaction would have been more telling even. Yeah. Because it was like an angry reaction, like, oh, my girlfriend, my new side chick mm-hmm. isn't crazy and I'm mad. Because, you know, there's that question with a letter of whether or not he saw the manuscript before. And so I think seeing how much shock he had or didn't have or his feelings while reading it or if he just brushed it off completely would have been very revealing. Yeah, I think it's it's hard because there were times where I definitely wanted her to take that to him and just like show him to see how he would react. But then I don't think that there would be much of a story after that. I could see that. That here's the, like if she takes it to him after she reads that um, 
Verity tried to abort the twins. And she takes it to him after that. There's not really a story. You know what I mean? I think you are just really taking away from the power of books by making it that easy. But I like to look into the real level of it. Like, you're just like, oh, the story would have ended right there. But wouldn't I think, it? Not necessarily. Because then you could just do all this and it's some woman coming with these accusations of all these things. And then we find out in the next chapter. So Gaslighter. Of how it was a writing exercise and she jumped the gun without even reading the full story. And so now he already wrote out that level of crazy because Verity already wrote her denial letter in the story, but she didn't read it because she brought it to him too soon. And so now she can't even use that as proof as these things keep happening and he already knows about it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I see ways it could go further. I think really, I don't think it would have been as good. That's if, more if fair. it had gone a different path. It, I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastically written book that constantly, constantly kept you on your toes, constantly going in a different direction, constantly second guessing what you knew about the story and who you knew in the story. It was. It was done well. Okay, so we've mm-hmm. talked about most of the characters. Yep. And you briefly touched on Crew. Let's bit. talk about him a little more. Okay. What did you think when things kept happening with him? I think the very first instance was Lowen thought that he was waving to her yeah. and then realizes he's actually looking up at the window to his mom's room. Right. And she runs up there and tries to make sense of what happened and she determines it's the fan mm-hmm. that was moving the curtain. And then a huge one is she hears Crew screaming mm-hmm. and finds him and there's a knife on the floor mm-hmm. and he says, mommy told me not to touch her knife and blah, blah, blah. But then by the time daddy comes up there, AKA Jeremy, it's like, I didn't have a knife. I fell off the bed and he's like, go get the knife and it's gone. Like, yeah. what were you thinking for that one? I was thinking she was crazy. Lowen? Uh-huh. I was thinking that she was bonkers. <laughs> And that she, that maybe the house was a little bit haunted. And so maybe the house was playing tricks on her, that the family was playing a trick on her. I don't really trust anybody except for her, for the most part. There was a couple of different scenarios that I had going on, mainly that I thought that she was bonkers and that she was making this up. That's all we have to go mm-hmm. off of. There's a comatose woman. Why else would she be standing up waving at her son? You know, so and that one's easier to write off to even like imagine the knife. That was so weird. And hearing him say, I personally was shocked. Like I know things get tricky when it's a child and when it's not your child. Yeah. You don't really know where those boundaries always are. I was always expecting and wanting her to try as casually as she could to talk to him more. Well, she kind of did with towards the whole the peanut butter knife incident. That was towards the end though. Right. That was also weird. Going back to the original knife incident when he cut himself, I was like, mommy told me not to touch her knife. Mm, I guess I'm thinking about it. At first, I was like, why would Verity have her knife out while her son's hanging out with her? But then I imagine he was just tucking his pictures away in there. But then I would almost imagine that if he accidentally grabbed the knife while it was in the hidden 
hole in the floor that Lowen would have seen not a knife because it might still be in there, but instead an open floor. Mm-hmm. So how it got out is weird, but the floor wasn't open. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's a good point. That, yeah, that's a really good point. Slight pop plot holes here and <laughs> Sorry. There. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, honestly, that's going to happen with any book, story, movie, any sort of creative it's, outlet yeah. because it can't be ironclad. And when you sit here and you talk about it and you pick apart and you digest it, you're going to find things that don't make sense. And that is okay. It is still done in a way that wants you, that makes you want more, that makes you want to continue the story and devour it. At least that's how I was. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was thinking about it constantly and I don't have the luxury of listening to audiobook at work. I can only read. And because I didn't have this on my Kindle at work, I was like counting down until I was leaving so that I could go in my car and listen to it further. So that's how that's how I know it's a good book. So plot holes happen. Let's go to a potential another one. What? That I wonder about. Why do you think crew had frequent slip-ups with Lowen, but never his father? Or do you think we just didn't know about ones with his father? Or how do you think that played out? Well, it, it could have been similar to how it began with Lowen, where crew says something about my mom or something like that. And Jeremy even either thinks that he's referring to something in the past, talking about her in the wrong tense, or he's five and or however old he was he's young and can't understand this and comprehend what's going on with his mom so his imagination's taking over there's there's a lot of plausible stories is easy to write off it is it is you uh, just you're five okay yeah you know i mean my son tells me outlandish things all the time I mean, he's mourning the loss right now of a Minecraft dog, so he might not have the most hilarious things to say. Yes. Yes. That is a a perfect story (laughs) of a five-year-old. My son was playing Minecraft the other night, and he he found a dog, and he was so excited about it because he loves dogs as much as Kimmy and I do, maybe even more, which is kind of scary. And he was teaching it how to swim, and it drowned and he started crying to the point where he asked to sleep in our bed that night he was that upset i said no go to your own bed whatever you do do not play the song the good old days (laughs) (laughs) chloe (laughs) um and then he was still so upset about it that he built a statue in his minecraft town in this dog's honor that is like some legit love and honor for that dog. He knew this dog for five and a half minutes. So then Wrigley is sitting over because we're in my bed and he's sitting over on his Wrigley's bed on the side of, of mine. And um, I, I go, come here, bud. And I pull him on top of me and I pull him over to the side of the bed so that he can see Wrigley. And I go, there's a dog right there. <laughs> love him he's real love him <laughs> take your all your tears out on him oh children i know it's so silly 
But those are the type of things. And, and he's five. He's Cruz age. Right. Those are the type of things that are a, a five-year-old's brain deals with. And five-year-old thinks is very real. Exactly. Like he thinks that Minecraft dog is as real as and as important as yes. your real dog. Really. He, he cried over the the pixelated dog. So earlier we've talked about hypno babies, which I did with my final child. Hypnosis is, it talks about like getting your brain to a certain level to kind of accept what you're being told uh-huh. and putting it in your subconscious. It's a whole thing. But they do specifically say that that is why five-year-olds and young children are the way that they are is because they kind of live in that level and are highly suggestible. Yes, yes. That everything is very real to them. And so they have no discernment of like the real and imaginative world. It's all in the same sphere. And that's huge. I should have probably said this in my getting to know me, but I have a degree in psychology. Don't use it, but I have a degree in psychology nonetheless. And that was a huge thing that we talked about in a lot of the classes in the development of adolescence is that the brain is not developed at that age, obviously the psyche is not developed at that age. And so at that age, it is very self-centric. It is just everything revolves around that tiny human and they can't see past that. So that might lead one to think that they're looking inside, that they're looking at imaginative play, they're looking in all these different realms of possibilities. And there's so many different explanations. She chose the perfect age for crew. She did. Because there's there's so many loopholes that we can push it and blame it on X, Y, and Z. And we don't really know. We don't know. All right. So, very important question. This is a very loaded question. This is... I'm scared I'm going to let you down because it's so loaded. I don't think you will. Okay. Have you ever read a book and when you're finished, you're just like, WTF, what just happened? Did you see that ending coming? (sighs) So my e-reader ruined this ending for me. In that. Oh, is that why you posted that story? I don't know. With your hand covering. Oh, no. That was just me reading this whole book. Oh, okay. I couldn't jump ahead. <laughs> I don't do that, by the way. Oh, you don't? I do not. Do you, do you trust your eyes? Do your I eyes do. not jump? My no. eyes jump. My eyes will be like, oh, we just figured it out. Oh, no. No. I I will read faster. I don't have the self-control. Oh, yeah. I will jump. And I will be like, oh, God. But I was also, remember, I was also audiobook on this. So I oh, had you couldn't. no control. Okay. So, No. The reason why my e-reader ruined this for me is because I knew because Katie finished first and I had seen a few other times with this book when people would just say, I didn't ruin it for you, did I? That last chapter though, right? Oh. So they would say that. So I would know the last chapter was coming. Okay. So I was trying to get to a stopping point. And my e-reader tells me I have like 90% left, Uh which should take like half an hour. I think that's a good point to stop because I have to go do something else. I think it's good, right? So then I'm sitting there, I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, 
and this is building up. It's going to be great. It's great. And then it fucking ends. And I was like, okay, I'm at 93% now. And it just said the end and I'm waiting for it to go crazy. As far as it ends, as far as like they just killed her and that was it? No, no. As the end of the real book, my Kindle told me I had more left. I thought I had a half hour reading left. I had like seven minutes left of reading left and it was just that. And so I was really underwhelmed because I thought it was like, okay, I was like, it's building up, it's building up. And then it stopped. So it was the real end and it, there was nothing. Yes. And it was like, it was counting the acknowledgments and the questions or whatever at the end and the about the author. Like oh, it counted that's that. so unfortunate because I was the complete opposite. Yeah. So I was cooking dinner while I was finishing this book. And I had about 15 minutes left. And I was at the end of cooking dinner. And my husband kept trying to talk to me. And I was getting really pissed. <laughs> like really pissed because it was such a good part in the book and i kept taking i was like what do you want and he's like you're just staring off into space and i was like because i'm listening to my book but my hair was down so he didn't see my airpods in. oh yeah so i will give him the benefit of the doubt but anyway um so it ends with um, the, the, what I think is the last chapter, because I'm not really paying attention to my phone. I'm, I'm doing right. things and uh, what I think is the last chapter. And it's like, okay, we killed her. We're moving on. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. And I was like, I hate this book. <laughs> this was the worst ending I have ever had. So much buildup for nothing. And then it goes six months later or whatever it was yeah and i was like oh my god i love this book this is the best book i've ever read it it was like a complete 180 in however many pages that last chapter was and i'm so sorry that your kindle ruined it for you it did because i wanted more but also i don't know it just felt let's just say let's say this okay I have maybe known or heard about a few psychopaths in my life. And there is always an explanation for every wrong and every mistake possible, real or not. And so the whole time I was reading Verity's ending, I'm like, yes, real manipulative. Of course. Yes. Of course you have an explanation because you could never be wrong. Violet. Of course, right. Violet from the push. Wasn't Violet the daughter? Yeah. Like your theory. I liked Violet more in the push. I thought she was the only innocent one. Oh. I didn't she, trust she the did. adults. The adults should have saved her from herself. Yeah, Whatever. She, did, she did kill some people, though. But and They should have saved her from yes, herself. Yes, I agree. Okay, anyway, sorry. Anyways, so, like, just imagine reading it and, like, I have known psychopaths who like nothing is ever their fault. And of course there's an explanation for every possible wrong they did. So I was reading that and I was like, oh yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. And like, what will be next? Like, what will it be revealed with Jeremy? And like, did he know when that confrontation and, and I just expected it to be so much more. So it was almost like the expected from the psychopath for me. And then it just stopped. And so that's what was really disappointing, too, because I was reading it. I was like, okay, this is predictable for me, yeah. knowing psychopaths. And then it stopped, and she was, like, so confused and, like, wanted to keep it a secret and eat the paper. And I was like, what? I need more. 
so you obviously like liked that ending and i loved it. that there was more okay so do you think verity is a murderer or a damn good writer i sat there in shock at the dinner table because obviously i finished cooking dinner and i sat there like a crazy person just staring and thinking about this book my poor family i apologize but i still don't know the things that could have convinced me is if one if she would have written this letter before lowen moved in because why wait until after if you're so innocent and doing all these things and he tried to kill you and framed you like why wait until your husband's falling in love with someone else why would there not be like a confession of what this book was before for him in case you really like that kind of thing. And two, maybe there was and she rewrote it far fetched. I know. No, too far fetched. No, carry no, no. on. And two, the fact it was like, Lowen was always a little worried that if she was right about, um, Verity, she was always a little worried that she would kidnap crew. And so then, Two, it's very, you know, the thing about psychopaths is they are never at fault, never do anything wrong, and everyone else is to blame. So she's like, yes, I was going to leave and take our son because you tried to kill me and you're really the crazy one and the bad guy because I was so innocent and you didn't realize. Like, why not make the effort? And I know she tried to explain it at all, but it was very pathetically and poorly done, in my opinion. The only thing that really makes me think that she's just bonkers and that the manuscript was true was what sane person would sit there and piss herself and shit herself (laughs) for the sanctity of teaching him a lesson I can control everything and not even flinch when someone throws something at me. But, oh, man, you whisper you're sleeping with my husband and here comes the tinkle. Exactly. No, I don't believe her at all. She is a child murderer. And she was making a last-ditch effort to try to make herself seem... to Not only... It was not only trying to clear her name and make herself seem innocent... It was a letter that also threw everyone else under the bus. I am innocent and perfect, and I wanted to save our son. You are terrible. You did these bad things. And your new side chick is terrible, too, and all these things. Yeah. No, I. there's no way in hell, the more I think about it, the more we dissect, the more we talk about it, there's no way in hell a sane person would sit there and do that, would sit there and pretend that they're comatose, would sit there and... Let somebody else feed them and take care of them and bathe them and do all of those things for them for that long. Like, and to make Lowen think she's crazy and that her husband knew or that Jeremy knew, whatever. Like, you can go to the police with your own stuff and have them open this investigation where then you're like separate but safe like if you thought he was so terrible and a murderer why would you want to sit comatose and basically vulnerable to him this whole time right where he could possibly hurt you even more and where he thinks that you're an invalid and can't right you can't fight back if he's really the bad guy and just murdering based on nothing yeah then 
why does he not suffocate you while you're comatose and just be done with you? Right. There, there's a lot of questions and that's where I think that she did a fantastic job of just leaving that up to the reader to just sit there and ponder and just, I didn't ponder. Oh, I always knew she was a murderer trying to throw everyone off her scent. You've had your fair share of psychopaths. I guess maybe I haven't run into as many. I can introduce you. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I like my little bubble. Pop. No. I like my bubbly. I like the bubbly. All right. So the romance might have been what skewed things for you. Between who? Your thoughts and opinions on this matter. And I mean, maybe you may have not been able to stop the gush about this book from just breaking down. But just tell us. Tell us how you feel about this book. It was terrible. I hated it. I never want to read anything by her ever again. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah. Don't read this book. Ever? I'm just kidding. Just read it. It's so good. I was just kidding. Tell me what you loved. The suspense. The fact that I was questioning every single character in this book just about. That's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And for the reader to basically wonder if who did it who to be suspicious of makes you doubt yourself too like am i wrong like am i reading too much into this like yeah it was very well done yeah what did you like most about it i really enjoyed this book it was the perfect amount of thrill for me where i was uncomfortable and a little creeped out but creepy is fun it gave me the breath of fresh air I will say probably my least favorite part about it was the whole romance. Maybe I just am not that person. I'm not either. I can get romance for romance when it's like a rom-com and it's like way unreasonably fast and quick for them to like know and devote themselves that much with no foundation. She was obsessed. Which one? Uh, Sorry. Verity was obsessed. Oh yeah. She was bad. But even Lowen, like how quickly, and I think that's the thing, is I just don't really relate much to someone who is able to sleep with a guy while his wife is upstairs in a coma or not. So that that part was probably what was the roughest for me. That's an ethical issue, too, that's... Yeah. And I think... There's just so many good parts of this book that just... Make you think, make you feel, make you ponder. What would you do? And I did like how she gave you a break. Yes, you were uncomfortable the whole time, but you also were never alone with your discomfort, if that makes sense. It does. Like even when Lowen was doing these things, such as sleeping with him while his wife was upstairs, she felt guilty and was questioning it and was like, oh, maybe we should stop. For a little bit. Like the first, and eventually she did. And eventually she like was doing it vindictively. We discussed before our break, I think, of her putting her own teeth marks in the headboard. Like, yeah. she wanted to, like, make her mark like Verity did. She did, which was creepy. There's a, there's a lot of creepy things. And that, Sexually creepy things in this book. <laughs> and otherwise creepy, yeah, but... And otherwise creepy, yeah. But specifically, the sexually creepy, not my, my, not my cup of tea. So would you recommend this book? Absolutely. Are you going to read more Coho? Um... I'm going to research because because 
she has so many emotional different love stories, yeah. but also different genres. Yeah, because she can't be caged. Can't hold her down. Nope. I need to make sure that the book is a good fit for me because I do like her writing style. I do like what she's done, but I also don't want to read a book that's not my style. That's going to affect the way that I think about her style because she, I think she's an excellent author. I agree. I need to, um, I probably will never get to all 22. Well, and some of them are novellas. Oh, that's true. But we also love Chris and Hannah, who is 20-something deep. and Exactly. That's a lot to get through. And we've but... only read a handful of hers. And she's my queen. Yeah, so I'll probably read some more. I'll probably look into it, but this was a good one. Yeah. And I highly recommend it. This, if you have not read Verity, please go out and get a copy if, if you like thrillers. Um, it's not too scary if you're worried about yeah, that. Yeah, because we got a balance here. <laughs> I like the crazy and the scary and Kimmy can either take it or leave and it. And I prefer emotions and things yeah. even and this didn't necessarily and have too much of that. It, it was a perfect balance. I think actually Is this the, our is this our love child? It is. This is the Katie and Kimmy Lost Chill Love Child. Oh. Verity by Colleen Hoover. Um if you've read it, get with us. Let's talk about it. Where can we talk about it, Kimmy? On social media, at The Lost Chill on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a follow while you're there so you can know what books are on the horizon and so you can gush over this book with us. You can also find out more about us and the show. Don't forget our very first episode, which we talked about at the beginning, Meet Katie and Kimmy. You can find out more about us there. You can also find blog posts and anything else you want to know about us at thelostchill.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't have to worry about missing an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday morning, just in time to have with whatever drink you prefer. Um, this. This is what I prefer. So by the, it's no spoiler, we record well in advance, right? We're always in a time warp. So we are taking photos tonight for last week's episode the, no two well weeks two ago. weeks ago because we have a break yeah the vanishing half we're taking photos for our instagram and, and um website for the vanishing half tonight and i got us a wine i think it was three weeks because 1984 is next oh yeah break. it is three weeks ago we are a time warp wow we are really ahead no we're don't, not. Don't say that. Okay, we're not ahead because we have lots of vacations this summer. So yeah. this is why we try to get ahead. You will have already seen this, hopefully on our social media by the time that this episode is available <laughs> for download. But if you have not heard of the sparkling, what is it called? It's a it's a sparkling wine, but it's a brute. So the label says sparkling brute. Brute has to do with the sweetness level of it. She knows so much about alcohol. So that's a whole well, other thing that I can share with you later. But it's by the McBride sisters. Um, it's called Black Girl Magic. I will also be sharing the story of this that my favorite local liquor store. I like to go in there and see if I can get a wine that'll pair with our podcast as something to do with it. And I said I was looking for something that goes with twins. He recommended the McBride sisters who were Sisters who, not necessarily twins, um, but they were separated at birth. They both owned wineries, one in Australia and one in California. 
now they have their wine label together called the McBride Sisters and it's Black Girl Magic and it is excellent. I like this it. Is, this is some of the better. It's really good. Why did you look at me like that? I wanted to know what it was better than than cooks. So sometimes why can't we just effing die? So sometimes we're like, hey, Katie, please bring us champagne to our party. And she's like, oh, okay, like what kind do you want? And we're like, hmm, probably nothing lower than Corbell, but we don't mind Corbell. It's fine. And she's like, okay. Well, here's your cooks because I thought it was a bargain because I got <laughs> twice the bottle for half the price. It was a big bottle and it was cheap as hell. Okay. There is a reason. Yeah, it tasted like feet. But <laughs> <laughs> this I spent some dollars on and this is excellent. If you have not tried their wine, um, they actually have a whole slew of different kinds. So I'm going to try some more. Um, maybe we'll even feature some more. I don't know. We'll see what I find. That would be magical. Next week is exciting. What's happening? <laughs> oh, you tell them. Okay. You tell them. So next week, we're reading a cozy mystery. Cozy. Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Casimoneo. And later in the week after the episode drops, we're going to be having a Zoom meeting <gasps> with the author. <gasps> yes, we cannot wait. So this many is, fun things in store. This is why our podcast is called The Lost, the Lost Chill. Chill. Because, you know, we were cool. We were just sitting there enjoying life. And then we found out that we could just sit and interview authors. And we lost it. We again. lost our chill. Again. It's gone. It's gone again. We are so, so excited. Um, if you have not done so already, please, please, as we have not told you enough times already, Go to our social media. Go to our website. Find out how you can be a part of this and get in on this with us. Um, there's a cap of 100 people. If we hit that, you're SOL. I don't think we will. That being said, join us next week for Finley and then for our Zoom author chat. After Finley Donovan, we're going to be talking about We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker. Be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook to know not only all the upcoming books we'll be talking about on our podcast, but also all the other cool things we'll be doing in between. And if you're enjoying Lost Chill, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. We'd be so grateful if you did. We can't wait to hear your thoughts about this book, and we are so thankful for everyone who has tuned into our show and supports us. Keeps coming back. See you next time. Bye. Aww.